we're in something new. We've not been here before. Much has been lost, but we're finding out more about what matters most, our purpose and whether we'll drift further apart or draw closer. Together. This series of podcasts is intended to bring some perspective in this time of great change. It's unrehearsed and largely unedited. It's just people telling their stories about how they're managing right now. Some are helpful, others are just fun, but they're all intended to foster one thought. In a time when we're being asked to stay apart, there are ways that we can stay together. And today I bring you Michelle Frechette. I am Michelle Frechette, and I'm in just outside of Rochester, New York, in a little town called Hilton. It's very rural. Uh, there are apple orchards everywhere, and we're known for our apples. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, every October we have the Apple Festival here in Hilton. And one year they attempted to bake the world's largest pie. And... Uh, <laughs> I think the record stood for just a few days before somebody someplace else in the world baked one a few inches wider. (laughs) How big is the biggest apple pie? I mean, are we talking stupid big? Is it the kind of thing which takes up a tennis court or something? Well, it was about 15 15 or 16 feet across in (laughs) diameter. So it was, um, I mean, I don't know what that is in metric because, you know, I'm American, but... It was it was very large. The one problem with baking the world's largest apple pie outdoors is the bees. There are bees everywhere for this festival because apples, of course, anything sweet will attract the bees. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. The, the idea that your, your location is famous for the largest, <laughs> the world's largest apple pie. That's great. What um obviously we're you know the the purpose of this little mini podcast is to talk about nice things. We're going to call it hashtag yeah. together which I think is a nice... I love it. Yeah, it's, it's got a sort of ring to it, hasn't it? And the idea is just to share stories about something that you've noticed or something that you did or something that you saw somebody else was doing or whatever mm-hmm. that you you think is a, a benefit to the rest of us during this troubled time. Yeah. Well, one of the things I noticed is... I even wrote an article about this. I, I don't remember exactly. Maybe it's on my own blog, actually. I, I write for so many different places. But um, one of the things I've noticed is that we are isolated in that we are physically apart from one another but i have seen especially the wordpress community really come together and become more cohesive in a way that i don't think i'd ever seen before mm-hmm. even with word camps happening in the past you know of course now there's no word camps happening so we're not getting swag and shaking hands and hugging one another and those kinds of things that sometimes happen in those events but what i've seen is these online coffee breaks that people are doing. And, you know, I host one now for WordPress as well. Um, And just open up my Zoom and share the link and people have an opportunity to to come and talk. And sometimes it's very serious conversation about the fear of what's happening in our world right now. And sometimes it's frivolous and fun conversation because that's what we need too, is the opportunity to just kind of let loose a little bit and uh, and have fun. And uh, about a week and a half ago, I even did, believe it or not, quarantine karaoke and so (laughs) (laughs) 
through the course of about two and a half hours, we had about 20 different people come and go out of the Zoom. And they we would take turns. You would play some music through your phone or through the computer, however you, you would, and sing to one another through Zoom. And so it was kind of like the Brady Bunch karaoke going on on the screen. And I will say some of us um, sound amazingly good and others um, it's a good thing that they have a do- their developers or web designers. <laughs> they have they have their day job to fall back on. But um, but the point is, it was just super fun. Yeah. There were um, people, families came on with their children, and to see um, a, a three year old singing a song from Frozen for everybody. It just melted your heart, you know, yeah. to see that kind of thing. Um, a whole family, Kimberly Lapari and her family, um, did a little country music for us and just had a blast. And it was a really a nice way to just kind of distance ourselves from the fear of what's going on right now and the unknown that's happening. Um, you know, right now, today, uh, the U.S. has the most cases of COVID in, worldwide. And my own um, community, my the Rochester area here has over 300 cases um, and 12 deaths already. So it's it can be very serious and it can feel very oppressive. But when you have these virtual windows where you can be speaking to somebody around the world and sharing good news and talking about things that make you tick and things that just kind of make you happy, um, you know, it's a wonderful thing. And not only just through Zoom, but, you know, Twitter conversations mm-hmm. and direct messages through Slack and just different ways that people are doing things. And me personally, um, I'm a singer. I love to sing. I'm classically trained through my undergrad. And so, and, and not that my videos are wonderful, but I've been recording about a video a day of me singing and putting it out on YouTube, sharing it on, on, um, on social media through my Facebook group or Facebook page and Twitter account and things like that. And uh, it makes me happy that I can sing because I was very ill earlier this year and it was a lung. I don't know if it was what it was, if it it wasn't pneumonia and it wasn't um, the flu, but I was sick for over a month Mm -hmm. and I couldn't sing because I didn't have the breath to be able to sing. And part of your brain starts to say, will I ever sing again? Will I ever be able to have the lung capacity to open up on those high notes? Because I am a soprano. Um, and so being able to sing these, you know, little songs that I'm doing, some of them are Broadway. I've done some hymns, you know, whatever. I've, I've even been taking requests. People have been sending me <laughs> direct messages asking me, oh, could you do a song by so-and-so? Or have you tried, can you try the song for me? Um, and just to make people happy. So I don't get a lot of reactions through Twitter, but my Facebook page, every time I post there, people from high school, people from my community. I mean, I'm 51 years old. High school was a long time ago. And those people are still commenting and telling me um, how it's affecting them in a positive way. So just those little things make such a big difference right uh, now. I think it's really intriguing in that I've noticed in myself, and I'm sure this is probably played out across the population at large, is that because there's less opportunity to do the, let's let's describe them as more interesting things, you know, going out and doing the, the, the normal things that you would have been involved in. I've noticed myself becoming a little bit more introspective and noticing the the things that were probably unnoticed in the past. So as an example, I'm taking far more time to to do cooking and things like that. We're spending more time in my family with our children than we would traditionally do. The 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 amount of time that we spend together doing like puzzles and building things and obviously doing a little bit of schoolwork and and all of that has just increased and I've just become a little bit more thoughtful like wasting food has just 
ceased to happen. We're really eating every last thing that we can and trying to be a little bit more creative. And I'm sure that this is the case across the board. You know, everybody's stuck inside. There's a limited array of things to do. And you just sort of notice a a bunch Mm -hmm. more things that you probably had lost touch with. So I don't, I'm not really, I mean, I, I can cook, but I'm not a fan of cooking. And it's not one of the things I enjoy, but I will tell you that I have made a game of how few toilets, toilet paper squares I can use <laughs> in one trip to the, to the lavatory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, where I used to grab two tissues to blow my nose. Now I like fold it very judiciously and find ways to, to save on um, some of those paper products that are in short supply right now. Do you know, it's interesting as well. I wonder if when all of this blows over, which we'll know it will, I wonder if those things will stick with us. I wonder if we'll value as an example. I know it's a frivolous example, but you, you're mentioning using up paper to blow your nose. You know, in the past, it was a it was a commodity which had almost no interest. You know, there was no there was nothing attached to tissue. You know, you didn't have any kind of mechanism of thinking about a tissue. You just took it out of the box, and if eight came out, probably eight got chucked in the bin. Whereas now the the sort of scarcity of things is is forcing us to to really reevaluate. You know, the scarcity of tissues, the scarcity of food, the scarcity of free, uh, not free time, but time available to go and do what you will outside has become a real, like a a zero commodity. And so Mm -hmm. all of these things are are becoming much more precious and much more valuable and much more interesting, certainly to me and obviously to you. You know, you're thinking about things in a way that you never did before. And I really hope, certainly from an environmental point of view, nothing bad can come with out of us consuming less. I just say that as a complete win. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. I, um, I'm much more conscious of, of my use of things mm. uh, because everything now has to be ordered. I'm not going, I, I'm immunocompromised. I'm not going to the grocery store. I'm mm. not going to Walmart or Target or places like that. So um, I ha- it's, it's very intentional in purchasing. And so I'm very intentional in my use as well, mm. much more than I ever was before. Yeah, I, I do feel that there are, bizarre though it is to say, and it's so easy to see this as a period of only negative things, it is bizarre that there are amazing positive things. I also feel we're very lucky in that we're in the communities that we mix in. We, we already had a lot of this technology in our back pocket. So the, the notion of using Zoom and becoming comfortable with Zoom and familiar with Zoom or whatever tech you were using to screen share, it's just, it's already there. You could deploy it immediately. So the idea of you getting comfortable in front of a, a camera and a microphone, that was already done in your case. You were happy with that. So you could immediately start singing. Other people are uh, you know they're really finding that a little bit difficult they don't like looking at themselves mm-hmm. on the screen and they find it strange but um i think in many respects we are we're very well positioned to to ride this one out i don't mean in terms of economics because it may maybe that your you know your economics have, have been really turned upside down but in terms of the the, the capability to understand the, the technologies that are available to us i feel we're very mm-hmm. well positioned yeah I agree. I uh, I have a brand new MacBook Pro, mm. and what it can do that my my old MacBook Air can't do is put in drop in those um, virtual backgrounds mm-hmm. in Zoom. Yes. So 
I've been having a lot of fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got a you've got a dedicated graphics card now, and it can do all those fun things. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's just say that on my Zoom call the other day, my four favorite Liverpudlians were behind me. <laughs> ah, the Beatles, lovely. <laughs> and we, of course, sort of launched a little project just the other week, which was completely out of the blue. I don't don't even recall how that happened, but go on, you might as well tell everybody about it because it's fun. Well, it was your brainchild. It was something that you told me you've been wanting to do for quite a while, actually, which is share good news mm. um, and only good news. You mm. know, you turn on the news anywhere right now and those those bright spots are only called bright spots. The, the news doesn't show wonderful things all the time. It shows the negative and the, and, and they'll be and, the, and today's here's today's bright spots. Like, why is there only one? Yeah, it's always There's at so the end as well, isn't it? It's yeah. always like the final <laughs> like, item before the news ends. It's never, never the, like, the, the top of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want 27 minutes of Donald Trump just so that I can see that a child, like, you know, had a wonderful day or something. So um, I loved your idea of having this good news show. Um, and so I, I think right now we're we're just doing um, uh, uh, blog posts, uh, but I think we're going to, at least I intend to, bring it to uh, video and audio very soon uh, as my week progresses and I make it, make some decisions about what I want to look like with that. But the good it's the goodnews.show, and uh, it's you and I sharing good news that we're finding um, in the world and in our own communities and even in our own homes. And uh, I love that you started a Facebook group for it as well because – Yeah, that kind of blew up, it didn't it? It exploded yeah. overnight. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's not like tens of thousands or anything, but I don't know how it got to like 160 or something that it's at the minute out with zero effort. It would appear that people like to hear good things. Yeah, it's goodnews.show, so not the good news, just goodnews.show. Yeah, goodnews.show. And we're just going to post nice things. It turns out it's actually very easy to um, to post nice things because there's a lot of nice things happening. I feel like social media has been overtaken to some extent with people wanting to reset the balance of the stuff that they're reading. And, you know, of course, you, you, you watch your Facebook stream and what have you. There's still the, you know, the, the fear and what have you. But there does seem to be an upwelling of people posting comedy things and fun things and people just taking the mickey out of the, the the isolation that they're going through, you know, turning it on its head and making it into something um, of interest. Uh, a good example, a really great meme that I saw today. It, uh, I can't remember where it came from. We have these things called sheepdogs in the UK and a sheepdog is trained by a farmer and the farmer whistles and this dog obeys um, and runs around and manages to sort of herd the sheep. And there was a, a picture of the, the dog sit, sitting in front of the laptop with, you know, paws on the table. And there was just a screen of sheep. <laughs> I said, saw that said, one too. Said the remote working sheepdog. I just thought that was great. <laughs> really funny. Um, so you must check it out. If you, uh, the, the intention, though, is that it's not just me and Michelle. There is a, a share link on the top menu. And if you wish to... Um, if you wish to post a news article, but feel free to do it. It'll it'll come our way, and we can uh, read through it and uh, set it to set it to published. But um, yeah, thank you, Michelle. I feel like we've uh, we've we've spread some some good cheer today. I appreciate you doing I that. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. You have a lovely day. Take care. You do the same. At a time when we're staying apart, creative ways of staying together are so important. I hope that you found something of use here, a new idea, or perhaps just a smile. Stay safe, stay together. Mm -hmm.